Welcome to Tips and Tales, Ski Racing Media's official podcast for the week of August 28th, 2019. I am your host, Sean Higgins, and before we get started, I would like to ask a big favor of all of you. If you enjoy listening to Tips and Tales, please rate and review the show on your preferred listening platform. Tips and Tales is available for listening for free on virtually all podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plain and simple, rating and reviewing the show is the easiest and best way to get Tips and Tales in front of new people, expanding our audience, and helping expose more people to the sport we all know and love. All right, so on today's show, I had the opportunity to talk with independent ski racing icon Robbie Kelly. Robbie is well known in the American ski racing community as one of the founders of Redneck Racing, a small independent team of elite level athletes known for their laid back style, grassroots approach, and fast skiing. Robbie is also another member of Vermont's famous Cochran family, and his cousin, Ryan Cochran Siegel, has been lighting up the World Cup in the past couple of years, thanks in no small part to following Robbie around the family ski hill, Cochran's, as a kid. Robbie is no slouch on the hill either. After spending two years at the University of Vermont racing on the NCAA circuit, he made the U.S. ski team after the 2011 season and went on to claim the 2012 U.S. National Giant Slalom title as well as the NORAM GS title that same season. Robbie has also represented the United States at two world championships in 2013 and 2017, once as a member of the national team and once as an independent athlete. Robbie was dropped from the national team in 2014, formed Redneck Racing that summer, and hasn't looked back since. After an injury-ridden 2019 season, Robbie has decided to switch gears for the time being and take on another challenge, heading back to school at Vermont's Castleton University and trying his hand at college football, a sport he has never played at an organized level. You'll hear Robbie's thoughts on all of this in just a little while, but as always, before we get on to the rest of the show, I would like to take just a little time to highlight some of the recent pieces published on SkiRacing.com. We dusted off a gem from our video archives where U.S. Ski Team Development Coordinator and Ski Racing Media Contributor Michael Bingaman walks us through two Olympic lifts to help you get the most out of your summer and fall strength training. Remember that with any kind of heavy lifting, it's important to be in a supervised environment just in case anything does go wrong. Earlier this month, the skiing world said goodbye to Austrian legend and pioneer of skiing in Vail, Colorado, Pepe Gramsammer. Vail's John Dakin shared a touching tribute with us remembering Gramsammer's infectious personality and numerous contributions to the culture of skiing in Vail. Contributor and ex-U.S. ski team athlete Doug Lewis shared the top nutrition tips he has learned from the days of his iconic World Championship bronze medal performance in 1985 to his current work running the well-known elite team conditioning camps for young athletes. It turns out that back when Doug was ripping apart the hardest downhills in the world, nutrition wasn't exactly a top priority. Thankfully, he's learned a lot since then and even shares his favorite banana bread recipe with us. Tasty. We were also able to share some of Norwegian World Cup skier Sebastian Foss-Solvag's thoughts on his career, aspirations to be known as more than just a top-ranked slalom skier on the World Cup, and his childhood inspiration, none other than American legend Bodie Miller. Lastly, Austrian living legend Marcel Hirscher is set to speak about his future in ski racing on September 4th in prime time on Austrian television. Rumors have swirled around the 30-year-old's career plans ever since he married his longtime girlfriend and the couple welcomed their first child into the world last fall. With ski racing no longer the most important thing in his life, 
Will the eight-time overall World Cup champion keep going or become a full-time dad and husband? What do you think? Drop us a comment and let us know. To read all of these stories and so much more, head on over to SkiRacing.com. And coming up after a quick break will be my interview with Robbie Kelly. The single best way to support what we do at Ski Racing Media is through a subscription to Ski Racing Premium. From podcasts and World Cup race coverage to our wildly popular American Downhiller web series, Ski Racing Premium is the engine behind everything we do at Ski Racing Media. It literally keeps the lights on for us. Subscriptions cost $35 per year for unlimited premium content on SkiRacing.com, which includes full-length World Cup race features and many of the pieces you will hear us talking about on this show. If you are interested in supporting what we do, head on over to SkiRacing.com and click the subscribe button. All right. Now we'll get you back to the show. All right, welcome back to Tips and Tales. I am on the phone today with a very special guest. You might know him as one of the faces of redneck racing on the independent scene, Mr. Robbie Kelly. Robbie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Hey, thanks for having me, Sean. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. So you actually made some news recently. You announced that you will be headed back to college. And what makes that interesting is that it's not in the way most people in the ski racing world might expect. So what are you up to this fall? I'm playing football for the Castleton University Spartans this fall. Very interesting. So can you elaborate on that a little more? You're 29 now, a little older than what most people would expect a collegiate football player to be. How are you able to play football right now? Um, so Division Three has different rules in Division One. So before I made the U.S. team, I did two years at UVM with, with you. And uh, I did four semesters. And Division Three rules, you have 10 semesters to play four years of a sport. So I've done two years of skiing, so I can ski two more years here, and I can play up to three years of football if I wanted to. And for the listeners who aren't necessarily versed on the ins and outs of collegiate eligibility in the United States, typically for a Division One NCAA school, there are a few exceptions here and there, but generally you won't find an athlete that's older than 25. But the, the rules are a little different in D3, so that's how Robbie's able to play football as a, uh, as a fresh 29-year-old. So talking a little bit more about football, you're obviously a really athletic guy who played a lot of sports growing up, but football wasn't one of them. So why football and why now? Um, I've always wanted to play football. In high school, I played soccer and baseball, and uh, I was pretty good at both. I was all-state in soccer, and we won state championships in baseball, but I always regretted not playing football because it's one of my favorite sports to watch, and I always felt like my athletic skill set was kind of built for that sport so it's something i'm excited to try out this year and it's been really fun so far right on so let's talk about this decision of yours to i don't really want to say step away from ski racing because you're still going to be competing for castleton but when did this thought process start for you you've been skiing at a world cup level for so long was it sometime during last winter when you had the idea of maybe giving it a go at college football or was it earlier than that um it was it definitely started about February last year is kind of when I realized I could it would be a real possibility so I had hip surgery in the spring of 2018 and uh, last year it didn't quite feel right and I you know I wasn't skiing as well as I had in the past few years and it was hurting a lot and uh, it's kind of located in a position that only hurts when I ski so doing other sports doesn't bother me at all 
And um, so something where it's like, okay, I could, you know, try to get really healthy and then kind of start over from scratch or I can go to school and still try to be a competitive skier and, you know, try to get back to the level I was at before and hopefully improve on that level while going to school. And then I also have the opportunity to play football. So it's something that was, I got really excited about because I always wanted to play football and, um, luckily cast and worked out and it's, it's been awesome so far. And last year was not your first hip surgery, correct? I believe you had surgery in 2012 to repair a labrum tear. Was that kind of the same deal this time around or was it something different? Um, it was the same deal, but I put it off. It kind of been starting to get bad for a few years and I put it off too long and then had to get microfracture done on it as well. And it was just kind of a, a bigger surgery this time. And um, I was building a house last summer and probably wasn't as diligent with my rehabs as I should have been. And, you know, it just didn't quite heal the way I hoped it would. And I, I think it's, it's getting better now. It's still not 100% when I try to get in skiing positions, but hopefully by the winter, they have great um, trainers here. So hopefully by the winter, I'll be good to go and pain free. So when you first made this decision back in February, how did you prepare for this? Did you have to train physically in a different way or was it? just more of focusing on football-related skills for you? Yeah, I mean, I'd never really done much upper body work, so I, I started doing more bench press and curls and overhead presses and that kind of stuff to try to get my upper body stronger. And um, Now I'm kind of middle of the pack, where as before I would have been definitely a, one of the weaker guys with upper body-wise on the team, but I still got some work to do to try to catch up some of the guys. There's a lot of strong guys on the team, so still got to keep hammering my upper body, get that as strong as my legs are. Yeah, so was this like a tryout process, or were you recruited by the football coach? How did you get your shot on the football team? Um, so most most every one of the team is recruited, and um, the ski coaches here put in a good word for me and you know talked about my athleticism to the coaches, and they were able to give me a spot in the team. And you know, thankful for them for giving me a chance, and yeah, it's been great so far. And I remember one of the first times I was ever at your parents' house years ago, there's a picture of your dad in his football gear from high school hanging in the living room. And I remember that the first time I saw it, I thought it was you. (laughs) And I guess you're kind of making that come true now while following in your dad's footsteps. He was a quarterback back when he played. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I I think he was a pretty good quarterback from what I hear. I don't know. Uh, from what I've seen, you know, he's a little older now, but he's still got a pretty good arm, pretty quick guy. Uh, I think that's that's where I got my quickness from. So, you know, I'll just try to imitate him as best I can and score some touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. Are there similarities between racing at such a high level for many, many years and football? What did you learn on the World Cup that you can now take into football? And the biggest thing is definitely the amount of work you have to put in to be good at anything. You know, skiing, I just put in so many hours, so many runs on the hill, and so much video time, you know, analyzing everything, getting my equipment dialed. There's just so much stuff that goes into competing at a high level like that, and I'm trying to carry that over to football as well, you know, just trying to catch as many footballs as I can over the summer, work out really hard, study film on YouTube. That's that's all I had really to work with, and then now be able to study our film and learn our plays and just try to put in the work and try to keep improving absolutely and your first game is coming up september 7th versus plymouth state will you be playing and what position can we expect to see you at um i've been 
practicing at wide receiver and then um, also doing a lot of special teams. So uh, hopefully I keep moving up the depth chart and get a bunch of playing time and help the team. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. And speaking of skiers and football, you are actually not the first elite-level skier to have a go at a collegiate football career. Eric Keck, one of the original American downhillers in the 1980s, actually went on to have a successful collegiate career at Columbia University. And then more recently, freestyle skier and Olympian Jeremy Bloom went on to play for the University of Colorado and was actually drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFL. Do you see a potential future in the sport for you at all? (laughs) I don't know, I'd have to improve a lot. So I got a lot of work to do before I'd have to think about that. Right now, I'm just focused on playing for Castleton. But, I mean, you never know. Maybe I'll be really good at it. But right now, I'm just focusing on improving here and, you know, trying to help Castleton win games. All right. I guess we'll just have to, to wait and see then. So I want to talk a little bit more about your multi-sport background. You mentioned earlier that you were an all-state soccer player and a state champion in baseball back in high school. And although this is your first time playing organized football, football was always kind of a part of your sports life, I guess you'd call it. I remember being with you and your family. There were always people throwing a football. You guys would uh, always play no way out ball, as uh, I think you guys would call it. Can yeah, talk yeah a- no way out ball, just basically punt returns that my yeah. cousin's brother and I would do. We just punt the ball to each other, and hopefully we have around five people is the, the best number, and you just try to get past the people without getting tackled. So that's about as far as my organized football experience goes, but definitely it's helping. So do you think playing all these sports growing up helped your overall athleticism and helped you get to where you are now in both ski racing and now in football? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's good for any anybody to play a wide variety of sports just to develop skills and different things. If you're doing one thing your whole life, it's definitely, I don't know, a little limiting compared to people that do sports that use hand-eye coordination and quickness power, strength, you know, all sorts of different things incorporated together. And uh, it makes a more all-around athlete that can adapt better in any situation. I think that's what you're seeing, too. If you look at Bodie and the miraculous recoveries he would make, that's because he played so many sports growing up and was so well in tune with his body and, you know, had such good control of everything and he could make these crazy recoveries. And I think we've really kind of seen that trend gain traction in the greater youth sports community in recent years. When when you and I were growing up, there was kind of a trend of kids really specializing in a sport really early on and not playing much anything else from the time they were about 10 until they eventually retired. And I think that the pendulum is finally beginning to swing back the other way. Can you comment at all on just the culture of youth sports in the United States and, and why kids should really be encouraged to do as many sports as they possibly can until they, they have to make a choice heading into college? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, tons of reasons. One of them, definitely preventing burnout. If, if your whole life is, well, you're skiing for this example, but if all you do is ski, 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 at a young age, chances are you're going to get burnt out on it. I think you need other things in there to keep it fresh and, you know, maybe you'll find something you like better and, choose to do, do that but um that's definitely one big thing and then like i said before just becoming a better all-around athlete and i think um i saw a stat recently that 27 of the 32 first round draft picks in the nfl this year were multi-sport athletes so i think right there just shows that you know people that are doing different sports can compete at a super high level 
at those sports. So you did two years at the University of Vermont and were a business student with a minor in studio art. Are you going to be continuing those studies at Castleton or are you going to be switching it up a little bit? I'm going to be switching it up a bit. Um, I don't know. As I'm growing older and wiser, I, <laughs> I, I want to do something a little less stale than business, I guess. I, it's definitely a, a really good major and there's a lot of great things about it, but at this point in my life, I find it kind of boring and don't really feel like sitting through those classes. So I want to do something a bit more interesting to me. So I'm going to be focusing on either studio art or filmmaking just to, you know, do stuff that I find more interesting. Awesome. So let's switch gears a little bit and talk about skiing. After all, this is a skiing podcast. So you will be racing this season. I think when a lot of people saw this news that you were going to be playing college football, some people thought that you were going to be retiring from the sport of ski racing, but that is not the case. You'll be racing this season for Castleton University, which is a USCSA school. What are your plans this winter as far as skiing goes? Are you just going to be doing USCSA races or are you going to be dipping back into NORAMs at all still? What's the deal? Um, I mean, it's all dependent on how my body's feeling, but if I can get back to how I was feeling a few years ago, then I'll definitely be going to the NORAMs and trying to win a NORAM title, get back on the World Cup. That's always going to be a goal of mine if I'm racing. Um, you know, if it's not feeling great, then maybe it'll be more of a recovery year and just try to focus on a few things technically and then try to maybe push it the next year. But, um, yeah, I mean, as long as I'm racing, I'm going to be trying to ski as fast as I can and try to get back to the World Cup. And talking about your past couple seasons as a whole, I know dealing with injuries is never easy for an athlete of your caliber. And I know we talked just kind of as friends a few times last season about some of your frustrations with injuries and, and other things and not making the trip over to Europe to race World Cups last January. How hard was that from a mental perspective for you to just kind of come to terms with your skiing not being where you expect it to be? Yeah, it, it was tough. Um, I had the plane ticket to Europe and ended up canceling it and uh, staying home. And I took three weeks off, didn't ski at all in the middle of January, right during the middle of everything to try to get my hip better. And um, I would have runs where I, I could feel okay and I'd have some, some fast runs here and there, but all in all, it just, you know, didn't feel great. And I wasn't at the level I wanted to be at. And it was definitely frustrating. And um, <clears throat> I don't know, that was one of the, the first times I've ever been not excited to ski because every time I go out there it just wouldn't feel right and wouldn't it's not as fun when it hurts mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm hoping to to be able to get that pain away and feel healthy and then be excited to to ski again because you know I've always loved skiing and love taking as many runs as I can it's it's definitely not as fun when I can't do that and I know your close friend and cousin, Ryan Cochran Siegel, has also dealt with his fair share of injuries, as, as well as your older brother, Tim. Have you talked to either of them about this process? I know Ryan was originally given a pretty grim prognosis after his first big injury and was, was worried that he might not ever even race competitively again. What kind of wisdom, if any, have you gleaned from talking to him or your brother? Um, I mean, the stuff I'm dealing with is nothing compared to that. I mean, he had to miss 18 months of skiing, which is you know, awful and having to deal with a little pain here and there is nothing compared to that. So I, I can't really compare to that, but, um, I haven't really had much of a discussion about it with them. You know, um, I don't know. I, I, I try not to talk about it too much, I guess when it's, 
negative things like that, try to focus on the good things. But yeah, I, I mean, my stuff's definitely nothing compared to what he's dealt with. I know you said that you don't like to talk about the negative parts of being injured and working through things like this, but was there ever a time where you thought that this could maybe be it for you? I, I know it's always a hard decision to to cancel plans when you know that you do have the talent and ability to score World Cup points, which you have done on multiple occasions, making two World Championship teams. Did you ever face the decision of maybe hanging it up for good this past winter? Um, not really. You know, if if I never get back to that level, I'm happy with what I've done. You know, I have a career that I can be proud of, but um, I don't know. In terms of professional athletics, I'm still young. You know, guys, are, you look at Julian Lizarou, who's going to be 40 this year, still is competing at a high level. So, I mean, there's guys that can do it for a long time, and I'm nowhere near the end of my peak athletic career yet. So, I mean, I never really want to be done being an athlete so this is definitely a reason that i'm doing this is to continue my athletic career while i'm still in the prime of my athletic life so i never really i don't know i'm, I'm not ready to be done being an athlete yet and i don't think i've ever really fully considered that option mm-hmm. and and what kind of feedback have you gotten from your fans you're pretty active on social media in the ski racing world what kind of feedback have you gotten from from people about this decision yeah, I just posted an article on uh, my Facebook page, and I, you know, seemed like everybody was just supporting me and excited for me. So I was really grateful for that. It's always good to see and have people supporting me. So yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited for this year. That's awesome. So the independent team that you were a founding member of after you left the U.S. ski team is Redneck Racing, and I know that they have taken on several different teammates throughout the years. What's the future of Redneck Racing looking like? Um, I mean, hopefully we can keep it going strong. We got me, uh, myself, Tuck, Tucker Marshall, and Sandy Beats this coming year. And, um, you know, I, I think we've all shown some great speed over the past few years, so hopefully we can crush it this year. And then, um, you know, we've had discussions. I don't know if we might be having some additional members, but, um, yeah, I don't want to give that away right now. All right. Keeping it a secret, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Robbie. So for people who are interested in following your progress this season on the football field and on the ski slopes, where can they find you? Um, my Instagram handle is SnoopRobbieRobbie, Robbie with a Y. Um, and the same thing for Facebook, Facebook.com slash SnoopRobbieRobbie. I haven't been very active on there lately, but um, I normally just tend to post about my races to have people to keep my fans up to date and haven't really been doing much lately, but, um, you know, hopefully I'll start doing a bit more for football, get people, keep people in the loop. Sounds good. And kickoff is September 7th for Castleton football versus Plymouth state. Yep. September 7th, Dave Wilk stadium, Castleton, Vermont Spartans versus the Panthers. Let's go Spartans. Awesome, Robbie. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you taking the time in between classes to come on the show today, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Sean. All righty. Good luck this season. Thanks. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, we will talk to you next time.